hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin, the only show that when it took a 23andMe DNA test, it came back as 100% Munkin, 0% Funkin. I'm your co-host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? I think that was probably your best one yet. Very topical. I, I know, yes, because Andre, he just got 23andMe. We were just talking about it. Um, uh, shouts to 23andMe. Um, yep. Except, uh, you know, we've talked. I think we talked when you first got it. I think we talked about it, and I said the joke that I always say when everyone brings it up: of my life won't change dramatically if I learn exactly what percentage Polish I am. But I'm excited for you um, because, given that you're not just gener- generic white, there's actually some exciting results. So that's nice. What's that? I said, given that you're not just a generic white person, there's going to be more exciting results than if I got it. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I did learn. Um, I thought that I was a part uh, that I was part British. Turns out I'm actually not. That's exciting. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, these days with you know what's going on with the monarchy, you don't want to be part British. But uh, a person who I don't think is part British at all, I think he's 100% pure uncut Lebanese, is Tony Shalhoub, who of course plays Adrian Monk. Um, I'm not sure about that. I don't know if he's... But he's from... His family's from Lebanon. That's the important part. Um... But yeah, yes. we're talking Mr. Monk goes to the hospital. Um, you know, it's the season five finale. And much like other finales, it's just another episode. Um, right. And, uh, you know, this episode's fine. I, it's, I'm not a huge fan of it. I would have wished for a better season five finale. But um, how do you feel? Yeah, honestly, um, I mean, I know we're going to get to like our, you know, uh, which, what's it called? Uh, episodes we like or mm-hmm. don't like the most. And I think this might be my least favorite episode of the season. Yeah, it's... It's not great. Um, there's some moments I like, but it's generally... I think that it suffers from a problem that some episodes of Monk have. And I think this is the the worst episodes do. Where Monk is... He's too hamstrung throughout it. Where it's kind of just like not enjoyable. It, it's his discomfort makes the scene un, scenes not enjoyable to watch. You know what I mean? Because since he's yeah. operating at a place where he's just uncomfortable the entire episode, it's just hard for you to enjoy what you're watching. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. It was another one of those episodes where, like, yeah, he's 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 handicapped in some way. Um, and normally it's, like, pretty good, but this one was just, like, it was very anticlimactic also. Like, the mm-hmm. ending, it was kind of, like, whatever. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I also think I'm the sh- fact that Natalie's not around um, really hurt. Because so much of the, the, when the times the episodes where he's handicapped work better is when natalie or sharona is around to like make yes. fun of him or cut it but this he's just kind of by himself and i just i don't really like it's kind of like watching like an injured like a, a bird that has like a broken wing try to fly it's like not fun to watch <laughs> yes agreed but you know there's stuff that happens well by the way, what's your relationship to hospitals pro or anti um as someone that's been to the hospital a lot um i'm lukewarm on it i don't i hmm. can't go one way or the other but uh you know i obviously have a tremendous amount of respect for the profession and mm-hmm. um you don't need to say i appreciate you saying that but you don't need to, I, don't, I don't think anyone it's like man if andre just says that he's lukewarm on hospitals i think that he means that he doesn't respect doctors <laughs> yeah no i just yeah um sure. yeah i'm not uh i've fun fact about jake christie i've never actually been admitted to a hospital myself um but uh mm. bad experiences with uh family members in hospitals not a fan um but also, who is yes. a fan of hospitals? Um, anyway, we start off at the hospital. There's, we're at the geriatric ward. Um, mm-hmm. Some old folks, some fogies. And there's an old guy, it seems, walking um, with a gas tank. An oxygen tank, excuse me. 
and he goes to Graydon Whitcomb's office, which is <sighs> wonderful name, just great character name, Graydon Whitcomb. Um, mm-hmm. And Graydon Whitcomb, he doesn't see it coming, but that tank is going in his head. Yeah, you know, I because uh, you see like a very old, very old man, you know, kind of uh, shuffling his way around, mm-hmm. and uh, you're just not sure like what the hell this is going to end up being. But yeah, he sure enough shuffles his way into Mr. Whitcomb or Doctor Whitcomb's office, and yeah, just completely, uh, you know, hits him with an oxygen tank, and pretty soon, let's just say he's not going to be needing that oxygen tank anymore, mm-hmm. Doctor Whitcomb. I mean, and I just want to call shout myself out. Because I was watching it, and I saw, like, the nurse that they show behind the desk. No lines. I'm like, is that the lady who plays the lunch lady in the Chicken Fingers episode of Community? So I scroll over on X-Ray, and her IMDb photo is her on set in that day in Community. It's like, boom, no lines. Got it. Well, you know what's funny is, like, the the way that... Yeah, well, that's impressive, but it was, like... I'm about to tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The way way that it started made it seem like she was the one that was going to get fucking Mm -hmm. killed. Yeah. Um, But she made it through. And then we, we got to the next day. Monk is being walked into the hospital by Natalie because Monk has a nosebleed. Um, he has a nosebleed this whole episode. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, the thing that I, I just want to talk about now, that I, I think that Monk would be like this with a nosebleed. However, part of me is like, I feel like Monk would be one of those people who at some point heard the true thing where you shouldn't put your head back when you have a nosebleed because then the blood accumulates in your stomach. And like, is that true? Yeah, you should. You actually shouldn't put your head back into the nosebleed. It doesn't help oh, okay. stop it, and all it does is you just swallow blood. Oh, okay, well. well and then. if you breathe in incorrectly, you can actually breathe in the blood. You're, like, obviously, it's not that harmful of a thing, but if you have like a bad nosebleed that lasts a while, it can like make you vomit, and it's not good. Um, okay. And like I said, it doesn't actually make it uh, less. It doesn't stop it at all. Okay. But anyway, good to know. They go to the front desk, and uh, there's a nice Russian lady um, behind the front desk. Uh, yeah, totally. Now, did you recognize this actress? Not at all. Okay, because she's in a she has a arc on the Americans, and she's also was in like the West Wing, I think. Um, Dude, I watched the Americans. I'm literally watching it again, and I do she not recall. Plays, I think in like season two or three, she plays the um, like a critic of Russia who's like being protected by the by the FBI. Um, I hadn't watched it in a couple of years, but it, yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, she's being very patient with Natalie, um, who apparently it's Natalie's day off, which, uh, some Glad day that off she she's gets days off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Monk's got her on the Bill Belichick regimen of no days off. No. And on to Cincinnati. Do you remember that, the no days off chant thing where they won a no. Super Bowl and at the Super Bowl parade, he was doing a speech and he tried to get the chat crowd to chant no days off and like they didn't. And what someone pointed out is... Everyone who's at the Super Bowl parade took a day off. <laughs> Where was the crowd? It, no, it was at a, it was at, it was like three years ago. It was at a Super Bowl parade. You know when they all like okay. gather around a stage. He was trying yeah. to lead a chant of no days off, and no one chanted with him because fuck that, take days off. Okay, right. Okay, I was gonna say like if you didn't get the support in Boston, God, he wasn't gonna no, get it anywhere. No, it's not the support. It's like uh, literally think about it. Is a no. I get it. I get it. I get day. it. I get yeah. it. But he's fucking God there. Like That's he gets true. that kind of shit all day. I guess so. I think that I think the problem with Bill Belichick in Boston is that in Boston I think the idea of Bill Belichick is worshipped, but if you think of like a true Boston guy, he, they're not grabbing a beer of Bill Belichick. Like they're, they're not, sure. not. Anyway, yeah. so they have a seat, um, and uh, man, a hospital emergency room. 
Well, I've never been admitted to a hospital. I have been in a hospital emergency room before. And boy, is it, uh, does it suck waiting to know when you're going to go in. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really bad. I've been there so many times. Uh, I used to skate growing up, so that was a big thing. Um, and yeah, it's never a good time. It's never a fun time. You're always there. It's like that's the one place that you're 100% assured to like not have a good time. Like you're either yeah. there because someone is like in the hospital and you need to go visit or whatever, or you yourself are yeah. in some trouble. Because like, yeah, I, well, like I said, I've never been to mid hospital, but I did go to a hospital briefly for like an hour when I had this like uh, viral skin disease thing called I forget, mm. it's like an erythema multiform i think it's called where basically it's like you get a, a virus that your body recovers from you have like a weird allergic reaction to your virus to whatever and you get like gigantic purple lumps all over your body not great and so that was when i was one time in the waiting room for the emergency uh and just the discomfort of being like 14 unclear why you've broken out in like mega hives and having to like wait an hour like there's the thing is it's not like a deli where there's the now serving clock you you it's not only that you don't know how long it's going to be you don't know how much longer it's ever going to be you know right no it's true it's it's a it's a very it's an unenviable position to be in um no matter what and natalie's filling out monk's chart um which sucks i hate filling Mm -hmm. out charts um, mm-hmm. I actually just had to fill out a chart today because I got my second vaccine shot. Nice. I'm eligible in like three, almost two weeks, a little over. Yep. Yep. Uh, but anyway, we learned Monk is allergic to tetracycline. Um, which is what? It's just like a medication or what? Yeah. Let me actually look at it. Let, let's look because it's I, it's not the first time I've ever heard it before. What is tetracycline, guys? You're gonna learn with us. It's an antibiotic yes. that fights infections caused by bacteria. I think it's just a ba- very basic antibiotic. So, okay. Okay, got it. I mean, I'm allergic to two antibiotics, which, you know, shouts to Cefcil and Seclor. Don't get, if you're my doctor, don't give me either. Um, although I just get hives and, you know, die. Um, gotcha. Natalie is floating on the phone. Um, mm-hmm. What's against her day off? Normally I want to be like, that's unprofessional, but she's doing monk sauce. She's not getting paid. Yeah, but we're also veering dangerously into Sharona territory uh, with, true. like, Man of the Week. That's true. Um, but once again, so far, none of her men of the week have been murderers or accomplices. True. Uh, is it going to happen? I don't remember. Uh, th- we'll talk about this, but I have I don't remember the sixth, seventh, and eighth seasons nearly as well as the other ones, obviously. Um, but I don't think so. Um, okay. But anyway, Natalie's like, I got to go for a couple hours. Um, and, uh, you know... But, but, okay, it's unclear okay. exactly. So I know that the injury occurred uh, apparently while he was putting away his ironing board. Right, um, so I forgot to mention that. So did he, like, smack himself in the face and that's what caused it? Or I'm was it ima- just, like... I'm imagining he probably was trying to put it up on a shelf. He had actually, like, dropped it a little bit and then it hit him in the nose. Yeah, he was down extremely bad in this episode. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you had a nosebleed? Oh, man, I can't... Oh, that's It's a been great forever question. for me. It honestly might have been over a decade for me. I'm going to say somewhere around the same. I don't really... I used to get them a lot as a kid, but, like, no, I don't really get them anymore. No, yeah, same. I feel like kids get nose... We get... Kids be getting nosebleeds. That's my new thing. It's right after women be shopping. That's the women be shopping of the 2020s, is kids be getting nosebleeds. Um, well, I'm glad that you censored yourself and said it that way. What do you mean? I, well, I actually don't know what you mean. <laughs> Bitches be shopping? Is that what you That's how... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, oh. that, that, that's from Eric Andre, right? That's he didn't come up with that. No, no, no. no. Women be shopping oh. is like a... It's kind of like a airline food type thing, where it's like a way to make fun of stand-up in the 90s, just to say, oh. it's a shorthand. Um, got it. Anyway, so she's going to go for a couple hours, and he 
doesn't want her to go. But once again, it's her day off. I really can't, you know. Yeah, we can't fault we can't fault her for wanting to like take a little bit of time off. She does so much for the guy. Just like also take a couple he has a nosebleed. Like, he's being unreasonable. I know he's monk, but right. But she's like not even taking the full day off. Like obviously she mm. spent some time picking him up and like bringing him mm-hmm. to the hospital. So it's just like you know half day off even. Yeah. Fuck. And Monk, you know, he's complaining because he's hemorrhaging. He's he's just saying, you know, he's like, it's in my hands, in my hands again. And so, sorry about that. Lila bleeding. Yeah, exactly. He's true. bleeding his hands. Anytime yep. I see the word hemorrhage, I think of that song because I was raised. Now I'm going to do that again. I, I th- was raised by 2000s rock radio. So Was that Fuel? Yes, Fuel. Hemorrhage, parentheses, in my hands. Um, I always I always mistake Fuel and Filter. Filter really only had the one song though, right? Like, take my picture. No, they had two songs. Oh, hey, they man, nice songs. shot and picture. My... Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Fuel is they they got. I'm not I'm not gonna sing the other songs, but they have what is it? Uh, Falls on me was the other one, and then uh, they had another one too. Anyway, shouts to Fuel. Except there's no way they're not MAGA, so I'm just I'm gonna take that back. Like I'm just yeah, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> like yes, well, I mean, yes. that's obviously stupid. Anyway, so um, Natalie skedaddles. As my father would say. And uh, then Monk hears the worst words you can hear in the world. And I'm not a hypochondriac. But if I was sitting nec- uh, next to someone on a bench and I heard that. Did you did you pick up what the conversation that's going on behind him is? You're asking if it was like. Uh, it was like something referring to like something leaking out or something. Is, is it, it leaking seeping or, or oozing? <laughs> yeah, which are just two words that are like disgusting to hear like in any context. Yeah, especially when referring to something coming out of someone like i suppose like a maple syrup can ooze out of a bottle and it's not bad but if you're talking about a person it's nothing yeah. good is happening if it oozes or something really good has happened that is true but i if you're the third party I think it's bad i think if you're the third party <laughs> true, 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 if you're true, the true. third party and you're not jerry falwell jr i think it's bad either way um Ooh. well it's not that's in the newspaper um old cucky Exactly. We hadn't talked about it in a while. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, we needed to. Everyone's um, remind you why you're here. Yeah, and uh, so we cut. Is that kind of? They didn't do the classic TV thing where they didn't do like the fade time jump because it's kind of it. You learn that he's Monk's been sitting there for an hour and a half. But like I actually mm-hmm. thought for like when he first said I've been sitting for an hour and a half, I thought the joke was going to be was only ten minutes because it doesn't seem like any time's passed. You know. Right, yeah. The the timeline of this whole episode and like it's just a lot of weird time cuts and mm-hmm. uh and, and jumps and stuff. It's weird. Yeah. Um and so Monk is trying to get the Russian nurse's attention again, and there's this poor Vietnamese guy who like this is where Monk like he's just being rude. This a man who doesn't speak the language is having some health issue and Monk is just an ass. Yeah, he's trying to like communicate to the nurse. Um, something about his pain or something going on with him, mm-hmm. and Monk decides to take this as an opportunity to basically skip the line um, and just communicate that the the man feels better and he'd actually prefer if Monk went first. Mm-hmm. And obviously, for whatever reason, I think the Russian nurse says that she uh, she, she knows speaks Vietnamese. Vietnamese. Which I'm gonna say this: if you're clearly Russian and also speak Vietnamese, what are you doing working on a hospital? You should be freaking. You should be an interpreter. That's, there's a lot yeah. of money in that. An interpreter, like a spy or something, like that would be cool. I mean, maybe she is a spy. I mean, she, you know, mm-hmm. she's Russian. You know, you never know. I don't want to yeah. speak in broad strokes, but um, anyway, then Monk hears the thing that every hypochondriac never wants to hear, where a random woman sees him having the nosebleed and makes what observation? She basically WebMD'd him 
and uh, said that one of her friends uh, went through the same thing, and it ended up being a hemorrhage, and they died a week later or something. It was her stepbrother. It happened. Her stepbrother hemorrhage, Um, and it uh, definitely that's a thing that it can't. Like I'm not as bad as I when I was really young. I was really bad about stuff like that. But whenever you hear that, it's like shit, man. Like you. Whenever I have, like, a pain in any part of my body, I kind of have in my head, like, filed the worst story I've heard about that. You know what I mean? Or it's yeah, like, yeah. like, I know someone who did this and this and this. And, it's, and the thing, too, is I don't know about your mom, but my mom is like that all the time where it's like, you know, you, you know, your, your, your second cousin, second cousin Josephine, you know, she thought that she just had a pain in her toe. Turns out she had a blood clot, wasn't getting circulation, died the next day. Like, that's, you know. Uh, luckily that wasn't the case for me. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I, I, but I, I'm the hypochondriac. I'm the person mm. that like literally, but it worked out the last time because I remember feeling like this weird pain in my like stomach or like right above my belly button. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm just like, shit, is this like me just freaking out or is this actually something? And it turns out I needed to get my appendix removed. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's pros and cons of being a hypochondriac. It's funny. I'm a, I'm a hypochondriac when it comes to like. Um, internal diseases, like, but not with like nothing contagious. I mean, it was COVID. I'm very cautious about COVID just because I'm a cautious person generally. But like, I'm mm-hmm. never someone who like is afraid that I'm gonna get a cold or something like that. If someone sneezes, like, just like whatever. Like, I, I just can't. I can't let my brain devote to that. But it is definitely like I can spiral if I have like a headache that lasts for like a day. It's like, well, you know. Yes, I'm gonna that, die. You had that friend of a friend whose brother's friend got brain cancer so you know clearly uh anyway um so monk ends up getting uh you know getting a nurse i mean an honor excuse me a doctor that's rude i apologize and to get a doctor mm-hmm. um who's very nice and patient to him even though he sucks yeah you know um he's not not the, not the best doctor um but at the same time you know I don't know how long he's elapsed since he's been there, but at least he's got a doctor. Mm-hmm. Also, this doctor, I, I double-checked it, is played by Emma Stone's friend in Crazy Stupid Love. This episode just had a bunch of people that I recognized. I was very proud of myself. Really? Okay, so, yeah, the, the Asian woman? Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she mentions that the simple rupture of the olfactory membrane, which we really need to rename olfactory, just because that's a word. That, it just sounds like you're talking about, like, an old factory. I'm just not a fan of that word. Yeah, you know, um, sure. I it just like you know. You, don't, you can always... just say that stupid and keep it moving. You don't have to take the time to. Trick no, 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 no. Because I was actually like, I was very into the idea. What was it called? It was, it was a rupturing of the olfactory membrane. Sep- membrane. Um, you know, just another way of saying a fucking nosebleed. So I, I appreciate exactly. like the the scientific names for all these things. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he says he should be admitted, and she says, "Well, I'm gonna cauterize it." Um, and then he says it feels like a cerebral hemorrhage. Um, well, it's again, he is saying it feels like his brain is bleeding. Um, I think that's the important thing. Like, like <laughs> that they don't really go into it, but it is like what Monk is describing he thinks is happening. Like, you would know. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I wonder if he had, they don't mention the fact that he had this kind of problem. Has he ever had a nosebleed before? Does he always react this way? Unclear. I think he, I mean, he had had a nosebleed at some point. I mean, I, maybe not, I don't know. I think so. Um, mm-hmm. But he probably does always act this way. But the doctor says, 
I know what a cerebral hemorrhage looks like. I interned with Dr. Graydon Whitcomb, and, you know, um, I, I trust him. And he's like, uh, can we wait until Natalie comes back? Um, and uh, she ends up doing a little okey-doke, and sneak attack cauterizes the wound. Yes. Um, which, nice technique. Probably spent their time in the pediatric ward to learn stuff like that. Um, Perfect for this for this uh, patient. Exactly. But she makes the promise that if it comes back, if it keeps bleeding, then they'll go up to Dr. Graydon Wickham. Yes. Um, and so she takes off, you know, for a little bit. Uh, or no, she takes off. You know, she leaves him to go attend to her other patients. And mm-hmm. in the middle of all this happening, you know, Monk starts to feel better. But sure enough, he starts bleeding again. Mm-hmm. At yeah. first, I thought it was, like, blood dripping from the ceiling from, like, the crime. I thought that's what it was. Mm, that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah. And so, you know, he gets the tissues again, and he's walking around. He's basically he's looking at the directory. Um, and so he finds where Graydon Wickham's office is, and he goes inside, and he has his head up so he doesn't see that the doctor is laying dead on the floor. Another thing that I don't get about the scene is that if Monk entered this office, didn't see anyone, and didn't hear any response, why would why would he assume that anyone was in there at all? Yeah, correct. Uh, that and just, like, you mean to tell me no one's tried to look for him in all of this time either? That is like, a good point. Yeah, that was a little shaky. Too, yeah, because yeah, it, the hospital's been open. Well, the hospital's always open. But it's been daylight mm-hmm. for at least an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah that's stupid. They were lo- they, Someone would be looking for him. Um, right. I mean, they, either his wife or, well, maybe he's not married, but somebody at home would have been asking for him or somebody at the hospital would have been like, hey, where the hell did Dr. Whitcomb go? Exactly. Um, and so Monk ends up hitting his leg on a table um, and that causes him to writhe in pain a little bit and he sees the body. Um, mm-hmm. And then we fade because uh, clearly Monk has called the police. Yes. So sure enough, Stott, you know, the whole crew show up. And they're going over the crime scene, and obviously they're, like, noticing that Monk is being a little baby about his nosebleed. Tried to pay him not too much attention. Um, and one of the other techs notices that there's blood spatter in the room. It suggests that maybe there's another, there was another person in the room. Well, obviously there must have been, because this man... I mean, unless he, like, passed out and hit his head on the thing or sure. something. Sure. Unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. But Monk points out that it's his own blood. Correct. Um, and, you know... Disher walks into the room and bam, he smacks his his shin on the coffee table as well. So clearly, yeah. this is uh, this is going to be a clue. Well, it's us. a poorly placed coffee table. I'm just gonna be uh, being honest about it. You know. Yes, absolutely. But it's a clue. It is a clue. And so Monk's asked to investigate since he's there, and he notices that whoever killed uh, Doctor Wickham took the pills out of pill bottles, but not the bottles themselves. Um, and, right. And and. Uh, He's like, there's like a doctor there, like the head of the hospital is like, well, there's a rehab downstairs, you know, maybe someone took it. And Monk's like, no, no, no. And, and as it always, it, the thing about Monk is if pills were taken, well, the thing is, if, if something was taken, it was a diversion, you know? It's never Correct. a robbery. Correct. Always. So, yeah, they're trying to pin it on some junkies. It's, they don't have enough problems uh, anyway. That's what, that's what no one talks about. In these shows, when they try to pin it on junkies, it's like, if I'm a junkie, I have to get my life back together, and now this asshole... Is trying to paint me. Fuck you. I mean, come on. That's just rude. Yeah, yeah. So it's horrible. But also the other, the tech noticed, or I guess they noticed that whoever was in the room was wearing hospital slippers because there was like no footprints to be found. And they would have found the footprints 
in like the talcum powder, right? They also well, no, it was powder. it was actually dirt, oh, okay. dirt from uh, a plant. From the plant? Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. But they also noticed talcum powder. Um, yes. And they find a seal a little bit from an oxygen tank. Uh, Correct. From room 2623, which is the geriatric ward. Right. You know, geriatric so, ward is actually Heinz Ward's brother. I was fucking going to make that joke, but... Sorry about that. No, it's okay. Honestly, I, I'm not. I thought I'm actually surprised you're gonna make that joke too, just because I was as I was thinking, it's like this joke is not funny enough to say out loud. Um, but uh, and I was right, honestly. Uh, yeah, I'm not a funny guy, so you know, it's whatever. Yeah, you're a funny guy. Don't the the man the the, the beta male himself. I mean, yes. Okay, so fine. they go into room six twenty three, and Monk notices that there's a leak in the ceiling. Which I feel like is just kind of par for the course for any building that has ceilings like that. Like every, you know. Yeah. The ceiling tiles, it's it's not, I mean, especially in like a hospital, like that shit's bound to have. Well, actually, I guess you would think it wouldn't because you need to, con- yeah, need to contain these kinds of like stagnant water or anything like that. You, that needs to be changed ASAP. I mean, speaking as someone whose grandmother died of a bacterial disease that she probably caught while in a hospital visiting my uh, aunt after she had a baby, I... T- I think that the hospitals probably don't do as good of a job with that stuff as they should. Um, Correct. Yes. Now, just confirm for legal reasons. I don't think we can confirm that that's where she got it, but uh, we tested her home and it wasn't there. So, you know. Okay. Um, and uh, anyway, that was a while ago. But anyway, so uh, the room 623 is Hank Johansson, a man in his 80s, who's getting a colectomy uh, the next week. Um which uh, shouts to him getting you know, make turning King that Kef. colon, turning that colon into a semicolon. Yes, correct. Uh, so yeah, he, they mentioned he's getting that on Wednesday morning, and sure enough, they find the tank in the room, mm-hmm. and it's established as it having been the mm-hmm. murder weapon. Uh, and they grab you know, Monk grabs the oxygen mask, thinking that it might have been too, it might have been adjusted. This might mm-hmm. be like another clue. And while he's trying to do that. Our, your good friend Hank Johansson wakes up. That's fine. I can and, take that. He's a veteran. I'll live with that. Yeah, and accuses Monk of trying to kiss him, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know why that would be the first thing you think, but okay. I mean, he's like, he, come on. Now, I'll say this. I don't know if Hank Johansson is still alive but if he in in this alternate universe, but I, if Hank Johansson is still alive in 2021, I know exactly how you could kill him in two seconds. Show him uh, Lil Nas X's new video. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah! I just watched it today. It's honestly, I, I love Lil Nas X. The video is fine, but I love him on Twitter where he just, just he's just clapping back. Where he said <laughs> he still told the gun girl Caitlyn Bennett that he was gonna fuck her dad. Oh my god, that's right. He did say that after calling her shitty pants. I mean, why well, she pooped her pants once? I mean, if I poop my pants once, famous, like, I, come on. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, and he mentions that he caught a bullet in Korea up his nose. Um, and points out that Monk wants to cry and starts calling him Soft Serve. Um, Which is a great nickname. It I is. actually kind of like it. Captain Cool, Soft Serve. I mean, they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, he's got a lot of ice-related uh, related nicknames. Because he's ice-cold, baby. Yeah, exactly. He's like the he's him and George Gervin. Um, and Stalmar's like, you know, man was beaten with your oxygen tank. Uh, where were you? And he's like, where do you think I was? Right here, you know. Um, he's ornery, is what, how I describe him. Yeah, he's ornery, and, like, to his credit, like, there's no chance I would have believed that this guy was involved. Mm. He, he seems to, like, fit 
play play the part. Yeah, he's. I mean, if I was in a position where I needed to get a part of my colon removed, I probably I'm not going to be up and about killing man murders. Um, yes, and uh, they, um, you know, he mentions that he's getting surgery from Doctor Scott, who is apparently the second best surgeon in California. Who? What makes you wonder who the best surgeon in California is? Um. What? Well, I'm, yeah. No, it's too late to make a Doctor Kevorkian joke. Also, I don't believe he was a surgeon. I mean, famously, he wasn't a surgeon. Yeah, he was like an anesthesiologist, I think, right? Yeah, but just letting everyone know this little preview. I have, I don't know when I'm going to tweet it, but in my drafts, ready to go at any point, I have, in all lowercase, can it be a real Suicide Squad if Dr. Kevorkian isn't involved? Ten question marks. Ooh. That's one of those tweets I got released at like two in the morning because it's bad. Um, solid, solid. I love a good tweet that's like not good. Um, and we know uh, we know you i know i'm like the alan iverson of twitter man you st- i'm not here to be efficient i'm throwing up as many shots as i can um and so they ask an important question of why would if, if someone took johansson's uh oxygen tank why would they bring it back it's a great question i guess we'll fucking find out and so they look at his ekgs um which have you ever gotten an ekg uh yes i definitely have 100 percent have you ever gotten an EEG? I don't know what that is. I think I think I've got an EEG. EEG. Uh, yes. Okay. Yep. I've got. That's the one on your brain. I've gotten EKG and an EEG. I win. I guess, or you fucking lose. I mean, thank God. I I thought I was gonna lose. When I was thinking of specifically the worst time I thought I was gonna die was I don't not as much as I used to, but I when I was like fourteen, I started developing where occasionally I would. For like a week, I just at a random week I started seeing, like, you know, like when you look into a light and then you look away and you see like the purplish greenish like part spot in your eye and it goes around. Yes, I started yes. seeing those in my vision when I didn't look at lights, like just like randomly out of nowhere, which is mm-hmm. not good. It's it's less than ideal. Um, mm-hmm. and so I was like, oh fuck, I have a tumor on my optic nerve, and uh, it turns out I just get they're technically mini migraines. But anyway, I got an EEG for that, and I was for sure I'm like, man, this is the end of me. Um, you know, it well, I'm glad bad. it wasn't. I mean, yes, I, for for better and worse. Um, I, I wouldn't be saying this bullshit if uh, it was for worse. But anyway, um, th- Disher's got a theory though, and I think this is one of Disher's better theories if you just visualize it. Yeah, I mean, he just suggests that, like, uh, as a result of you know, Doctor Hank, or not Doctor of Hank Johansson, you know, he was a veteran. He was a he was a member of the greatest generation. So maybe he just strapped that monitor on his back, shimmy the floor down, and unspooled like eight hundred. What was it? Eight hundred feet of feet of wire. Case? Basically, yeah, he's saying that like he used the wire. Uh, I'm imagining him like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Um, you know what I'm talking about in the Burj Khalifa, where he's like he's got the wire. Honestly, I'm so old that I actually the first wire related thing is the first movie. What? Oh, the no. first movie. Yes, that's true. But no, but literally, I mean, I've seen all of them and I love all of them. But specifically in like dangling on the outside of a well, yeah, building. when he's going using yeah. a wire to go from one window to another. Like, yeah, I yes, know that yes, yes. they actually all have something with a wire in it. But I, I wasn't trying to be like, you know, like yeah, if if the stunt involved Hank hanging from a wire down from a ceiling, I would have used the first one. But anyway. Um, and they say that, uh, that's stupid. Um, and mm-hmm. so they, but they need to go find Dr. Scott because they're like, let's see, could Johansson even lift an oxygen tank, you know? Yeah. So they go, you know, they try to find him, but oddly enough, 
Dr. Scott, he's patient Scott today. Mm-hmm. Yes, he admitted himself last night in the cardiac ward. Um, uh, yeah, he had some some sort of I don't even know what the hell sub I don't know I'm not gonna even try some, to guess. Yeah, what he it had is. some chest pains and he is just being taking a precaution. You know, um, it's honestly better safe than sorry. If he wasn't a murderer and wasn't doing this for nefarious reasons, I can't hate on it. You know, he works at a hospital. He probably doesn't have to pay anything. Like, it's not the worst thing in the world to do. Right. And so they kind of like ask, they, you know, they, they go up to him and they question him about Hank Johansson and they mention, you know, they, it's kind of ridiculous, but they actually ask him, like, how feasible would it have been to, for him to do that? And judging from the arthritis, the, advan- uh, the rheumatoid arthritis in both of his legs, uh, it would have been damn near impossible for him yes. to have pulled off this crime. He can't put his own pants on, is what they say. Um, and so that means if he were to ever say to you, you know, I'm just like you, I put my pants one leg at a time, he'd be lying. Um, Correct. Uh, man, I, I really wish that uh, I would just want to start putting my pants on both legs at a time. I don't know how I would do that, but if I can figure you jump it out. into it, yeah, no, like Matthew Modine married to the mob. That's a deep, re- that's a reference that's just not. But that's a deep fucking cut. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. He has a contraption where he can jump into his pants. Um, and anyway, so Monk wants Doctor Scott to look at his nosebleed, um, and Doctor Scott, I think, is a good doctor because I think his diagnosis is correct. Oh, do you? You think he's a good doctor? Interesting. I don't think he's the good doctor. That's Freddie Highmore. I think he's a good doctor. No, I, I said a I good know doctor. You did. I, I know you the, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But, but I was just teeing you up. What's the diagnosis he gives Monk? Um, well, no, he just says that he's based, he basically uh, insinuates that he's like a stressed individual. So maybe yes. it's just the stress that is leading um, to this, uh, you know, he says He basically bleeding. says it's psychosomatic. Um, oh, you're right, right, right. He like dances around that. Well, yes. I just want to use that word because it reminds me of the line from my favorite movie of all time, Talladega Nights, in which we learned that Ricky Bobby's paralyzation is psychosomatic. And Cal Malone Jr., his best friend, says, Psychosom- when you say psychosomatic, does that mean he can start fires with his thoughts? <laughs> okay, no, I thought you were going to refer to the Prodigy song. No. Oh, uh, wait. What's, uh, what's the Prodigy song? It's his song called Psychosomatic. It's like Psychosomatic. I can't see. See, that, although I, you and I aren't actually that far in age, I think the Prodigy is something that, like, because I think a lot of the music from the 90s, the late 90s especially, lived on mm-hmm. into the 2000s. The Prodigy did not. <laughs> like, it's just like, no. Yeah, um, rest in peace, the uh, lead singer one of, of that them. band. Yeah. Died recently. Um, yeah. I, I also really hated the fact that it was, when I learned it was multiple people, it's like Prodigies, that just sounds like one person. Stop it. Um, anyway, yeah. now an Aphex twin is one person, but twins are two yeah. people. Whatever. Music is, t- is yeah, uh, music. And a twisted sister is not is not one woman, multiple men. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, that could still be the case. I'm kidding. That's just dumb. Um, gotcha. And uh, so apparently, there's no signs of arrhythmia in Doctor Scott. He's gonna go do his rounds. He's gonna he's up and at him. Um, yeah. Once again, if he wasn't a murderer, that he's being a good doctor. You know what? The doctors tend to be get painted in a good light outside of like their obvious, uh, you know, uh, da- uh, you know, stuff that they do. Like the psychologist or the psychiatrist in the first or second season? In the first season, Mr. Monk goes to Asylum, episode five. Dennis Boutsakaris or whatever? Yeah, my guy. Sure. Yeah, your guy. I mean, I think that, I think for the most part, doctors are generally trying to do well. They're specific, famously trying to do no harm. Um, but like, right. Just don't, like, just don't ever sue them for malpractice. Yes, unless you're like the guy from Dr. Death Seasons 1 or 2. Um, great podcast. I don't know if you listened. But, uh, I've never listened, good no. Good stuff. Um, 
not good doctors. But even then, like, they're mostly just trying to, you know, either get money or hide pill addiction. So even then, that's not that bad um, in comparison to, you know, straight up murdering someone. Um, right. And Monk notices, though, on uh, Dr. Scott's leg, got a little little uh, bump, got a little bump on his leg. Yeah, he's got a, a little bump on his leg that is, like, sneakily close to where both Disher and him have a, a mark on their shins. Yes. Seems like it might have come from the from the, the coffee table yes. inside Miss Dr. Mister Dr. Whitcomb's office. And he also notices, Monk notices, that there's talcum powder on him, which he's like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. a doctor, there's talcum powder and latex gloves. Which, like, honestly, fair. Like, that's actually fair, not... Yeah, fair Talcum enough. powder is actually not a clue in a hospital. Like, I, it, it's like, you know... It's not yes. actually uh, anything. Um, and so we learn then, as they regroup in, like, the lobby, that mm-hmm. Dr. Scott is being sued for medical malpractice, and Dr. Wickham is going to testify against him because he saw Dr. Scott popping pills. Now, I'll just say this. It is incre- seemingly an incredibly unhealthy working environment. If one doctor is going to testify against another, like, that is just, like, super fucked up. Yeah, you need, like, a temporary reassignment to a different hospital or something mm-hmm. until this is resolved. And even then, you can't – one of them's got to go, period. Exactly. And Dr. Scott, they said he was popping amphetamines, which, like, I'm just going to say it. If I know anything about – you would think that would make him do the surgery better, but I guess not. Um, that's a joke. I'm joking. Call him Method Man. Method Man, exactly. I mean, he's popping greenies. What if he – okay, what if it was Halloween and he was, like, going as, like, a 1970s baseball player? It, that he's, what, he can't pop amphetamines? I mean, I, I kind of want to try a, a, a amphetamine, see what that's I like. I mean, it's probably not great. I mean, th- okay, the thing is, it probably is great for the first time. And then, like, you know, famously, yeah. uh, I, I feel like amphetamines don't often, it's not one of those drugs that you hear people just doing occasionally. And it's like, yeah, you know, back in the day, I did amphetamines a couple times. Like, it, there's usually a, a bad end to that story. Um, Much like Pringles, once you pop, you just can't stop. Much like Lay's, bet you can't eat just one. See, the thing is, both mm. both chip slogans work there. Um, yeah. And so Monk's like, this guy definitely did it. And then he shows his bruise from the coffee table and asks Randy to do it. And this is probably my favorite gag. No, the, definitely my favorite gag of the episode. Yeah, Disher's about to just drop trow. Uh, I'm going to go the full Steve Lyons and unzip uh, his pants. Um, did he base- do that? Steve Lyons, he was a baseball player. No, and, I know Steve Lyons. Yeah, he did he that? He slid into first base once. And on, without thinking, he unbelted his pants and pulled his pants down fully to get the dirt out. And then he had the moment of, like, you ever do something and you completely forget you're in front of other people and you're just like, oh, my God, what did I just do? He had Go that moment put in front of 100,000 people. Um, Unless he's stuff. wearing a cup, I hope. Yeah, he, oh, he was wearing, like, a full, like, uh, biker shorts and stuff. It wasn't – yeah, it was fine. You didn't see anything. He might he, he was might have been wearing shorts. Um, right. But then I just love the way Randy says, uh, you know, six or one. It's like, no, it's not. Like, Basie's saying, it's basically the same thing to pull down his pants from the top. Yeah, uh, which, you know, uh, uh, you know, he, he's fine. He'll be okay. Yeah. Um, and what Randy points out, though, is that the security guard who is in the area of Dr. Scott's uh, room said no one went in or out. Um, and mm-hmm. that they check his heartbeat monitor, mm-hmm. and he never left the room. Right. But um, Monk so has a theory. But Monk has a mm-hmm. theory. Yeah, he basically, uh, no pun intended, uh, piggybacks off of you know Disher's theory, but insists that it might have been a battery pack that was taken with him instead in order for him to make this mm-hmm. uh, treacherous climb down a one-story 
down one story of the building. And Randy's like, oh, so if he says it, it's genius. But if I say it's a punchline. And he Which, has a point. Yes. Yeah, but it's true. true. It's true. It, it, in the same way that, like, you know, uh, if some random, uh, if, like, a five-year-old says, actually, I'm trying to think of an example. I started trying to say an example, and I didn't have one. But my point being, whoever who says something can affect whether or not you, it should be listened to. Right. Like, once Randy said reverse liposuction, I mean. He wasn't coming back from that. Mm-mm. Um, I think we. I think I still feel like reverse liposuction and the escape pod are the two best Randy theories. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I think reverse liposuction is my favorite though. <laughs> it's just by far. reverse liposuction. <laughs> Become fat on purpose. Yeah. Um, and so they decide that it's not you know what's up, but then Monk's like it's this damn tumor. You know, famously he's do, he's honestly doing the anti Arnold Schwarzenegger in this episode. Yeah, it's it's it, it is, is a, a tumor. tumor. Yeah. Yeah. Shouts my dad, who every time Giants wide receiver Imani Tumor would get a catch, he would say it's not a tumor. You know. Um, Fuck him. Anyway, not your dad. Imani uh, oh, Tumor. Why Imani Tumor? Imani Tumor. Imani Tumor. I hate the Giants. They're whack. Uh, oh, that's fine. Okay, that's fair. Anyway. Anyways, Disher and Scott decide they're going to review the surveillance tapes and also decide, Monk, go home. Take yeah. take Dr. Scott's advice. Take two and call him in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then we see Natalie. She's waiting at her table, which does cause a question, like, the timing of this whole thing. Because it's been probably, like, two, two and a half hours since Natalie left. Minimum. she's still waiting for this guy. Yeah, and she made it seem like he's been, like, she's been, like, you know, she's been the one that's been leaving him uh, waiting for her. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it seems like he's making her sweat it out this time. Yeah, honestly, really unclear. But then her waitress is wearing, like, a splint on her wrist. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, she's like, you know, my boss is a good guy. I felt like coming in, which like, honestly, not, that's a nice sentiment, but like, yeah, you know, don't, don't like you're a wait, you're a waitress. Like you're using your hands and your wrists. Like you're going to fuck something up. It's better. Yeah, you exactly. just get some rest. Although that does look like a restaurant that probably gives good tips. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, sure. I don't know. But some monks, like he's going to leave. He's like taxi, taxi, taxi. Um, wait, 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 hold on. But basically, oh, no, no, no. We start getting the breadcrumbs that Natalie's starting to feel oh, real right. guilty yeah, for sorry. leaving Monk behind. Yeah, yes. that's the whole point of that scene. Yeah, of course. Sorry about that. And then, yeah, taxi, taxi, taxi. Yeah, you know, Monk is outside the, you know, the Porta Cochere. I don't know if you knew that's what it's called. What is um, it one more time? Say it slower. Port a Cochere. Is that French for a place you leave the hospital? Uh, it's like for where you call a car. Oh, okay. It's like a door. Like, Sorry, uh, I forgot you have you, you work with hotels. Well, you should, correct. You, and for a short while longer. Correct. Um, so he's about to leave and he's about to just go home, but he realizes something and, you know, he's got to go back in to his mm. least favorite place. One of yeah. his least favorite places. Yes. And so we see Dr. Scott with his interns um, visiting Shelly, who seems like a nice woman. Mm-hmm. And um, he asks Dr. Collins uh, what to review the chart and to make a diagnosis and he diagnoses acute diverticulitis right but this whole time he's kind of a dick about everything he is but honestly i didn't really budge on it because i feel like that's the way that uh doctors are always portrayed when talking to their interns like that's kind of like were they were they interns or were they residents residents right honestly i forgot i use those terms interchangeably even though they're not interchangeable uh yes they're residents i apologize um okay and, uh, yeah, I think, like, Dr. Cox on Scrubs, which is a show that yes. is, I think is just fine. I uh, just want to say that for the record. Um, but I think I'll say can... this. It was, like, one of my favorite shows, like, 
for a very long period of time, and now I can't stand it for the most part. I just can't it's stand. I just can't stand uh, Zach Braff. But I love I. Turk. Yeah. I love Turk. I, I, I think it's funny at a lot of times. The problem is that like when pe- the thing that takes a good comedy and makes it great for me is that you can care about the characters a lot, and I just mm-hmm. can't care about JD. I JD don't care. Um, but anyway, yeah. uh, and uh, of course, it's not diverticulitis, which like duh, idiot. I don't know. I, um, I believe diverticulitis yeah. is an intestinal thing. I think. I mean, it's in the same. I mean, I if mean, you're a doctor, then it would like you know you have to know that. But like to any Joe schmo out there, it, they're yeah. very close. And so uh, he's like, "You just killed the patient." And then another uh, resident pipes up and says, "It's appendicitis," because like there's something pain in the abdomen or whatever. Yes, yeah, so you yeah you could diagnose yourself with appendicitis though. You just talked about it. Yeah, and like the lower fourth quadrant or something. Did you shit did like you that. know it was appendicitis when you start having the pain? No, I didn't, but when I started to, like, localize where the pain was coming from and I realized that it usually comes from, um, you know, above your belly button, that's when, like, I had the sneaking suspicion that mm. I was not going to have – I was going to be down extremely bad. Man, I uh, – okay, you're down extremely bad, but significantly less down than if you didn't do something about it. Correct. Yeah, if it would have ruptured, I would have been real, in real trouble. Probably dead. No, no, but cl- I mean, yeah, probably. It depends. If you're in the hospital, no, but if you're – Anyway, um, yeah. although it's uh, as far as I understand, it's incredibly rare for people to actually to not. Because by the time it's about to rupture, you get it's sepsis. so bad. But by the time it's about to rupture, it's so bad that like it's very rare that people have appendix rupture not in the hospital because like it's just, right. Like, you have to be like a you would you would yeah yeah you would have had to been averse to going to hospitals in any capacity. Yeah. Um, still got my appendix. Don't still don't need it though. Well, I'll say this: at least I know I'll never have to deal with that shit ever. I know, man. Damn. Um, yeah, honestly, part of me is kind of like, just put me under, take out my tonsils, my appendix, everything I don't need that could possibly have an issue. Um, you know, it's not so bad, honestly. It's really not that bad. It's the recovery after that sucks for like two days. It's so painful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not great. But Monk comes in, he has a question. He's got uh, Dr. Scott's EKG, and he points out that around midnight and 3 a.m., there are some gaps, a couple seconds, in EKG. Is there an explanation for that? Yeah, you know, Monk th- thinks he has them, but you know, the the resident that that came up with the right diagnosis, uh, I think basically it's Eva. Exp- Eva. Not that it matters. Explains that explains that that could happen anytime a patient rolls over or changes any kind of position. So it's not too uncommon, but at the same time, knowing that we're watching Monk, we know that this is going to be a big clue. No, I do just want to know, and this is just me being uh, just a. Not good. But the fact – I did catch the fact that he calls the one male doctor Collins and then the other female doctor by her first name. And I'm like, is there a subplot where they're fucking? Because I, in, in any TV show, there's that always is a thing. Whenever, you know what I mean? Like that, I'm not yes, crazy correct. for thinking that. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, do I think that's the case here? Probably not. I mean but, the do- uh, Dr. Scott is very charismatic. Who can know? And even though he's balding, I, I, could, I can understand it. Like I, I, yes. he, I like him. Like, he's a murderer, but I, I get why you'd like him. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. But anyway, Dr. Scott and Bunk's, like, you know, um, basically, like, lays on the table, like, you know, that uh, the guy who I think, the, my new suspect, uh, had a motive to kill Dr. Uh, Whitmore, um, Whitgum, excuse me, uh, yes. because... Um, You're thinking Bradley Whitford? 
No, Whitmore. I don't know. I think it was Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of uh, Michigan. The problem with this guy is his name's Graydon uh, Whitcomb. And the only other Graydon I've ever heard of is Graydon Carter, the former editor of Vanity Fair, who Donald Trump would tweet mean things about a lot. So I keep wanting to say Graydon Carter, who's the editor of the failing Vanity Fair. Sad. But um, yeah. nice. anyway, uh, and Dr. Scott kind of taunts him where he's like, you know, uh, if, if, this, if I, there was no interruption in my EKG, then I couldn't have done it. Uh, go bleed somewhere else. Yeah, real big dickhead, but you know he's got to he's got to he's got to do some, he's got to buy himself some time. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so um, Bunk then takes some tissues from uh, Shelley, um, and then he goes to Doctor Scott's old room and does some investigation, and uh, he looks on the ceiling, and what does he see? Sure enough, uh, there appears to be a leak in those ceiling tiles as well. So, some sort of trend going on here. And he asked the janitor about it, and the janitor's like, ah, whatever, these rooms are probably connected, you know, they uh, redid the hospital, whatever, yada, 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 you know, janitor talk. Correct. Uh, yeah, he tells, yeah, he basically tells him that they used to be connected back in the day, and he kind of follows that path and goes into the next room, which is where he finds his old friend. Whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, no, he who- goes into the closet. Oh, he goes into the closet, he right. Like he like the closet and gets trapped in the closet. Oh, Sorry, he didn't I, get trapped. That's true. I mean, R. Kelly's yeah. technically not trapped in the closet either. He's just watching the man that he, the woman no, he had sex with. He's definitely trapped in the closet unless he wants to fucking die. That's true. Uh, actually, no, because it's a the guy is a pastor. Let's not okay. I'll say this: I haven't seen. I don't know what the fuck happens. I know there's 18 parts, but I there's just know at some point there's like one parts. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, there's like a little person involved, and I, then, I yeah, stopped yeah, the, caring. The, no one should watch Trapped in the Closet now because R. Kelly's a monster. However. Back in, if we could go back in time before we all knew that, only the first twelve parts are really worth watching. Because after the first twelve parts, he starts introducing like twenty new characters, and he plays like seven of them. Um, but the first twelve parts are great. Um, but anyway, uh, so he pops out a panel, and he ends up in our good friend Hank Johansson's room. Yeah, he he's in there, and Hank wants to fuck him up already. And I he's, think he uh, could honestly, if you if. If Hank was like stood up on something, if he had like a like things to hold him up, he could fuck Monk up. Yeah, or if he had like the the silver samurai suit from uh, the Wolverine, he could definitely fuck him up. Damn, thank you. That's a great reference. Um, thank yeah. you. Man, I awesome. haven't even seen that movie, but I just know uh, that's a thing. No, you no, you know what? He needs like because uh, you know how like in the later Avengers movies, War Machine Dominic Cheadle's paralyzed. Uh, he, no, I did not oh, know that. He needs to wear like the bottoms at all times. Uh, to walk around. If he was wearing no those. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. When did that happen? In Captain America Civil War. He got shot down by oh. Vision. Oh. You know what's crazy? I've never seen The Winter Soldier. I think oh. that's one of the only ones I haven't seen. You mean the one that is like universally regarded as the top three of all the MCU movies? Yes. You asked correct. me why you're not allowed on my fucking MCU podcast. Um, and so. Uh, oh, shut the fuck up. Even if I had watched it, you wouldn't invite me anyways. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, so fuck you. Uh, so anyway. Um, Monk's like, who assigned you to this room? And sure enough, it was Dr. Scott. Yeah, Dr. Monk, Scott is, yeah. is shuffling the decks. And Monk just, he, he gives the what happened to, to Johansson. And just give me a brief synopsis. Yeah, it's very simple. Basically, he, uh, he, he, he was responsible for providing Yo- uh, Hank Johansson with his medication that would put him out. Mm-hmm. He was already the kind of guy who would fall asleep all the time, but he definitely made sure that he was going to stay asleep. So while that's happening, 
um, he, well, he was in that in that hospital room, right? Mm-hmm. When he was like checked in with the heart monitor. So he comes in through the closet, goes into the next room, uh, puts the heart monitor on him, mm-hmm. um, takes the oxygen tank, commits the murder, comes back, switches everything up, and you know it's as if nothing, no like no pun intended, but it's as if nothing skipped the beat. Mm-hmm. Also, why no pun intended? That's a good pun. Um, yeah, I know. My bad. And Johansson's like, you know, I owe you apology. And Monk's like, you know, I need proof, though. And then he's like, oh, my God, your heartbeats would match. Let me go get the heartbeats. And then this is why the grayish generation is not great at all. Freaking right. Hank Johansson. Snitch. Like, we uh, he talks about being in Korea. The Korean War would have gone a lot differently if everyone was snitches like this guy. I'm going to say that. I don't know. Yeah, he, but he was like, he's like, he's like, he's like gassing him up the whole time, like basically telling him, like, hey, like, yeah, that's a great idea. You're right. Like, that's so true. Second monk leaves, fucking snitches him out. Sings exactly. like a canary. Exactly. And he, because he tell, he's like, you know, uh, someone tells Dr. Kai, yeah, yeah, let me get that shot. Get this major monk guy. He's, uh, he's saying that you killed someone. Uh, and so monk is looking at the EKGs and they match. But, uh, it's a little. It's lights out for our friend Monk because he gets knocked out by a crutch, um, by uh, by Doctor uh, Doctor Scott. Yeah, which you know, what's funny is I just want to see how the hell he concocted this whole story about checking this guy into the hospital. What he found that someone fucked him up in the closet. Like yeah. how the fuck did? I mean, oh, his chart oh, he... says that he fell down the stairs. But that's Doctor Buttersworth or Mister Buttersworth or some shit. Doc Dale Butterworth. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, unclear. Um, yeah. And so Natalie's on the date, and her date is this lawyer named Alex who has a shitty haircut. Um, yeah, and he's really telling bad. a story about being it's stupid. Who cares? But she yeah. sees in something else that makes you feel guilty. Yeah, she, oh, I don't remember what that was actually. To be honest with you, she sees a blind man my, being helped ah, yes. by a nurse, and it's like, "Are you right there?" And she says, "Yes, I'm always there." Um, which this is really the wrong lesson for Natalie to take away, honestly. Like, it actually isn't a good lesson for Natalie to hear. You should always be at Monk's beck and call at all times. Correct. Yeah. Because at some point, we all know that he's a little bit unreasonable. Yeah. Um, but we don't know that he's uh, about to be killed. Yeah. And so she's got to run. She's like, my boss, he needs me. Uh, he always needs me, which is a good line. Mm-hmm. And then Monk's in a hospital bed. Yeah. He's in the hospital bed. Um, he's he's been immobilized, and he's basically not we get paralyzed. To... But he seemed to be struck by Scott. He doesn't want him to move because he will tell people that he killed Doctor Whitcomb with the tank. I don't know the rest. I, I've, I tried to. What is that? Paralyzed by finger eleven. Someone got it. Oh my god! I don't even know what the fuck that is. Anyway, honestly, that was like the biggest alt rock song probably for like a year in like 2007. That's whatever. I think I was like emo at this point, so that Fair. surely would have gone under my radar. Fair, but so anyway, really enjoyed what I just did. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Doctor Scott basically gives the villain speech here, He's, which I actually you know, like. This, this is honestly probably my favorite part of the episode. I think that the guy who's playing Doctor Scott is really going for it. Yeah, he is. He's totally like he he's playing the delusion of grandeur. He's doing the Doctor Strange. These hands are gifted. Uh, these hands have saved millions or like people. The, hundreds he's doing of people. like the, the you know a god complex. It reminds me of uh, one of my favorite exactly. lines in Psych, where this is just for where a compulsive liar character is pretending to be a doctor and he's making small talk and he says, you know, a lot of people ask, do uh, do doctors have a god complex? Well, I think we have a complex god. <laughs> Oh, man. Shouts to that. That's one of the best episodes of TV ever. Uh, People don't know what I'm talking about. 
Um, he calls himself a mir- the Miracle Man, which, like, mm-hmm. once you're calling yourself the Miracle Man, if you're not Jesus Christ himself, it's like, nah, stop it. Yeah. Um, so he looks at his chart, he trips in a stairwell, but his name is Dale Butterworth. And because he's right. not Adrian Monk, the first step whenever someone has an injury like that would be to give tetracycline. And so that's what the nurse is going to do. Yeah, you know, and uh, luckily for her, uh, or luckily for Monk, uh, Natalie arrives at the hospital, mm-hmm. and she goes, you know, she goes to the, the nurse, the, 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 the famous uh, Russian nurse, and, you know, says, hey, like, I'm looking for Adrian Monk, he came in here earlier with a nosebleed, and she mentions, the nurse mentions that he was admitted, mm-hmm. and Natalie's, like, gobs- gobsmacked, she's like, mm-hmm. wait, he got a- admitted for a nosebleed? Apparently, not only is he admitted, he's in intensive care. So something really bad happened to him. So Natalie rushes up there, finds uh, finds him in a bed, and obviously we know that Monk can't say anything really. And the the new uh, one of the newer nurses, I guess, in the in the building. She's yes, it's the one a new nurse. Attending. Yeah, yeah, she's attending him at the at the moment in time, and she's about to sure enough uh, apply or administer the tetra. Yeah. tetra- and there's a lot of unspoken stuff. Tetracycline. Yes, a, t- yes. a lot of unspoken stuff where like Monk is looking at it and like trying to gesture to Natalie because he's been administered a shot. I, I mean, people who listen to my Paralyzer parody could gather that, but, um, and she, he's, like, squeezing her hand, and he's trying to communicate that he's about to die, but it is kind of hard to do that when you can't speak, um, and mm-hmm. she ends up, Natalie ends up, like, pulling away as the tetracycline is going down, and thank fucking God, the nurse says, so how long have you worked for Mr. Butterworth? And then Natalie puts it together. Yeah, immediately. She runs over and catches it right before it hits the IV drip, mm-hmm. and and he's he's uh, he's saved. And, and he, 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 he gives her, like, a little bit of a look yeah. of thank you. It's a really, yeah. it's a really nice moment, because it is kind of like, yes. uh, you know, I can rely on you. Um, Correct. And then, so Monk ends up getting discharged out of the wheelchair, you know. Uh, and, he, and, you know, he's being told to take it easy. Um, and, um, you know... They're, uh, they're, apparently they reviewed the EKGs, they're a perfect match, and Randy is pissed, because he's like, it was my idea the whole time. Rightly so. Uh, sure. Is it rightly uh, so, though? Was that his idea, I'm kidding, though? I'm kidding, I'm okay. kidding, I'm kidding, it wasn't, it wasn't. Um, but while this is all happening, you know, Monk smashes his finger on the trunk of a car, and Sot's like, hey, we're here at the hospital, might as well bring you inside, and Monk wants no part of it. He no, wants he's to fuck done, out. he's done with hospitals. Um... Yes. And, uh, yeah, um, and then that's the end of the episode and the end of the season. So let's, before yep. we talk about the season as a whole, what would you give this episode out of 10? I gave it a 7 out of 10. I gave it a 7 out of 10 as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think it would have been bumped up a little bit more just if we would have seen him get busted. Dr. Scott. Yeah, that's it. honestly. It really pissed me out that we didn't see that. Because Dr. Scott, the acting, it was one of the better parts of the episode, in my opinion. Um, yeah, exactly. He really sold it. Like he was like he was a good guy. I mean, he wasn't a good guy, but he was a you. You believe that he was like when he says, "You do know how many hands these, how many people these hands have saved." Like that's such a preposterous line to pull off. And I believe that this guy is. You believe that he is smart enough to possibly fool a monk. And I think a lot of the times in monk, the murderers don't measure up to his level. And this yeah. guy, like you believe, like that he is a worthy foe. Um, yes. So now that we're into season five, as we've done with the rest of the seasons, we pick our favorite and our least favorite episodes. 
I'll let you go first with first we're talking about favorites. What's your favorite episode of this season? There's only one that mm-hmm. it could have been, and mm-hmm. it's Mr. Monk and the actor. I am torn. Word to Natalie and Brulia. Mm-hmm. Um, because either Mr. Monk and the actor, or Mr. Monk and the leper are the two that I like a lot. But I'm gonna say okay. Mr. Monk and the actor because just Stanley yeah. Tucci. Um, yeah, that's just, it. The two you, you can't get enough of the Tucci. That's the thing. Never, never. And what is your least favorite episode of the season? Least favorite is this one. My that's least favorite big. is Mr. Monk makes a friend for reasons that I discussed on that podcast. Um, yes. But yeah, man, Monk season five. Season five, yeah, we're at season six. We're uh, I'm not gonna say we're in the end game yet, but no, we're, we're not are... quite in the end game because uh, that is very clearly gonna be season eight. Um, but uh, yes. we're getting there. And um, if you want to keep following us, get there. You can follow the show at Strictly Monk on Twitter. Andre, we will follow you. You could follow me at Andre Barrera, and you can follow me at the J Christie. Um, and, you know, we're just going to keep on trucking. Uh, we're going to start Season 6 later this week. So please tune in this Thursday as we talk. No, sorry, this Friday. This Friday, yeah, we do. Sorry, but I honestly don't know why it's a Thursday. But this uh-huh. Friday as we talk, Mr. Monk and his biggest fan. 